0: Welcome to The Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth.
1: Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another Lion's Den with
0: Seth. I'm one of your
1: hosts today. And I am glad that you are able to be here. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Also, want to let you guys know Larry won't be in today due to his son graduating high school, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I want to give a special shout out to everyone out there that's celebrating the the the, the transition from the elementary to middle school to high school and 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 off into the real life of being an adult right get ready right get ready but anyway what's going on homie how you feeling man i'm good man how you feeling Man, slow motion, bro, slow motion. Hey, shout out to everybody that's watching. Make sure y'all share, share, share this, right? We got a great, great show for y'all today. But uh, so what's going on for you, man, this weekend? What's poppin'? Man, hey, first
2: off, I want to give a shout out to, uh, you know, Larry's son, Devontae. Devontae. Yeah, Devontae. Now, this is a big accomplishment, you know what I'm saying? And for everybody out there that's got kids graduating, you know what I'm saying? Big ups to you guys. Uh, Matt, you remember when you graduated high school? Yeah, bro. You did you
1: know exactly what you was gonna get into after that? No, bro. Honestly, I just knew that it was time to leave Detroit. So, uh no, I didn't. <laughs> what about you, man? I knew, I knew I wasn't gonna go to college. You know what I'm saying?
2: Because I was like, I ain't reading no more. And then I also knew, you know what I'm saying? I was. Tired of working in the factory, I did that for the summer right after my high school, mm-hmm. making stoves the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, I can't sell no drugs, man. I ain't going to jail." You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was like, "You know, I come from a military town, so let me check that out." And it, it's like it is all happening so quick. Next thing you know, I'm in a van heading to to Meps
1: to go to basic training. Yeah, yeah. you know so, that's the, the funny part is, out of all those options, you was like, "Uh, let me just go into the military." Yeah, I'm going go to the military, man. It's
2: like and this is why you know what i'm saying adult interaction with their kids is important because honestly i figured all that out myself nobody mm-hmm. really told me you know what i should do or yeah. where i should go or even talked to me really about hey you should really consider going to school yeah you know what i'm saying they kind of let my you know my my 18 19 year old self just kind of make my own decision mm-hmm. which yeah. ain't necessarily bad but you know what i'm saying that's why you have adults in your life to make sure you know, all your options, you know what I'm saying, before you make a decision.
1: Absolutely. And that's what we're going to talk about. Right. Minute, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a super, super show. But again, I want to give a special shout out to everyone that's watching, tuning in. Shante, how you doing? First time on. I'm glad to see you here. And um, but yeah, we're going to take a pause for the calls real quick. You know, this is, talk about sponsors or whatnot, but y'all stick around. This is going to be an exciting show. All right. Hold up.
3: As a financial literacy coach and credit repair specialist, Tracy Brown teaches people the importance of personal finance to help them identify and dispute negative items in their credit reports. Her services allow individuals to leverage the Fair Credit Report Act to improve their overall credit score and credit history to position themselves for home ownership, lower interest rates, entrepreneurship, and general wealth. Give Tracy Brown a call at 618-560-3687. One more time, 618-560-3687.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lions Den. We have the fabulous Miss Janet Wiley in here in the Yes, how are you, ma'am? How are you? Great.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: No, no doubt. No doubt. So how do you feel? Because you also have dealing with a uh, a child that's graduating, right? So how oh, is great. that feeling? Cool.
4: Um, you know, I think I'm just starting to process this. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of those, like, it's, it's hard to be sad about it because I'm so excited for her and kind of looking forward to this next stage that we can kind of transition to. So I'm so excited for her. Good, good, good. Well, no, that's good. Well, look, I'm just glad
1: that you're able to be on and and to share with us how important it is to connect with um with our kids. And like we were talking about earlier, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic has forced us to connect with our kids. And and again, good things happen and some not so good things happen. Like uh, me and Herm was talking about before, we realized that maybe our children had the issues. <laughs> Right. Like, yo, where, where do you get that from? Where did she get that from? Probably from you. You get what I mean? So, ma'am, how would you say that um the the transition from the pandemic and understanding kids have changed in your profession in social work and being a counselor?
4: So I know um, you know, one of the biggest changes for all of us was going to virtual everything, um, whether it's Zoom, phone calls. Um, you know, it you make different connections and you have to work a lot harder to make those connections what we need them to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids that we struggle with get off the social media, go talk to someone. Um, now we're putting them on there 24 mm-hmm. um, seven. They're talking to their teachers online. They're talking to their friends online. Um, if they have a counselor, they're talking to their counselor online. Um, And I, I think that's, you know, the biggest thing we're getting even further and further from that face to face communication. And these kids are not comfortable with face to face communication.
1: You know what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. Man. Mm-hmm. That, that's true, man. Kids today are really socially awkward when it comes to face to face. It's like everything is I got to talk to you through my phone. Now I feel better. I got that barrier in between. But I just want to go back just a little bit, Miss Janet. Just uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background. How long you've been in that field for us, please.
4: Sure. Um, So right out of high school, I I went into the military as well, Um, served eight years and then tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, So I ended up going back to school fell in love with the social work career field. Um, I got my master's in 2018 and then went in. I work for a community health, mental health agency, um, and I'm assigned in schools. Um, And we do, we don't do the normal like school counseling that you hear of with grades and classes and that type of stuff. We are doing full on mental health counseling within the schools.
2: Okay. So before the pandemic, were you uh, actually located inside the school? Yes. Okay. What was your, what do you feel like your biggest challenges was before the pandemic and what do you see has changed since after the pandemic with virtual school?
4: Um, I mean, before, you know, it's, it's normal. It was normal challenges. You know, the things that upset kids, maybe something's going on at home, something's going on with their friend group. Um, and now, you know, and during virtual school, they have nothing constant, nothing constant in their lives. Um, I think school for a lot of kids was their one constant, you know, and that's very common where where I work. Um, but we, we took all of that away from them, you know, that was their constant food, their constant interaction, their constant, you know, whatever it may be, it was always there, like it or not. Um, And and we took that away for so long that where were their constants? And we're seeing the effects of that in anxiety, depression, you know, all of that stuff popping up at record numbers Mm -hmm. um, due to the isolation and due to lack of routine and everything else that happened while they were virtual. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that and can imagine that. Now, I remember back in the day when I was in high school, right? Many, many moons ago, many moons ago. And the misconception as far as the uh, counselor was that, okay, so when I talk to the counselor, they're going to go and tell all my business to either the teacher Mm -hmm. or my parents. And, you know, there isn't, you know, someone I can truly,
4: truly trust. Is that, can can you talk about that? Absolutely. So, I think the cool thing with us is we don't work for the school at all. And that is the first thing I tell every kid that I meet with. Um, you know, we talk about the confidentiality. The only thing that I can talk to the school about is, hey, are they in class today? Can I come get them? Um, so it's cool that they don't employ me. They have nothing to do with, you know, me working there. Um so I, I don't have any obligation to tell the school anything.
5: Mm,
4: and if I'm following confidentiality, then I'm not going to do that anyway. Um, but, you know, it's still it's a question I get every day. Um, yeah. What can you tell? Hey, if, if I tell you that I did X, Y, Z, who can you tell? You know, and then if they're satisfied with my answer, then they go on to tell me. Um, but that it's, you know, it's a big issue. Um, they, you know, the school can put consequences on them. I don't. Mm.
1: Yeah. So. Now here, got a quick uh, follow-up though. What if the child, uh, conveys to you that they may want to hurt themselves? Is mm-hmm. that when that confidentiality, you know, w- when you can able to, are you able to tell someone, tell the authorities after that?
4: So there's three instances where we break confidentiality and that's, you know, they come in and say, I'm going home and I'm going to hurt myself tonight. Um, The other one is if they tell us they're going over to someone's house and they're going to hurt them. And the third is if somebody is seriously hurting them and it needs to, you know, whether it's DCFS report, police report, whatever it may be, those are the three times we can break.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So,
2: speaking about that type of stuff um bullying in schools, right this is mm-hmm. something that's not new there was bullies when um when i was in school and i'm pretty sure Seth got bullied a lot when he was a kid but uh, um, <laughs> this is when this is when I put his <laughs> damn mic,
0: yeah, i'm
2: pretty sure that happened a lot so uh, he probably can relate but my question is this, you see you know what i'm saying my question is this um Bullying was a thing when I was a kid, but it seems like the emphasis on bullying now is magnified, right? You know, it's the anti-bully movement and stuff like that, which uh, I do believe was something that was necessary. But as a social worker, how how does how does that fit into your realm when when it comes to bullying, and um, what is your responsibilities when it comes to that?
4: So i I deal with it. Every single day I'm in the school, there is not a kid that I talk to that has not said at some point they felt they were being bullied. Wow. Um, part of it and not always popular opinion. I'll, I'll warn everybody. Um, a, a lot of these kids don't know how to express their feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, um,
4: no, doubt, no doubt. And I think, it's yeah, the too, they don't know how to communicate. No. Right, right. And the, you know, how, how many times does the bullying happen on social media now? Mm-hmm. It, it's not, you know, yeah. we're going to come to school, throw a couple of fists and go home and be done. Um, you know, it's this ongoing constant. There's no break from it for these kids because they go home then they're on social media. Um, they, they don't have a break from it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, you know, we went to school, came home, did what we did, ne- never saw or talked to whoever we didn't want to. Um, they don't have that luxury. You know, it's funny,
1: though, because... I just had to think about it. Y'all remember back in the day, they would say, well, look, I'll meet you outside when the school's right. ring. So what happens? I'm going to meet you on another breakout room <laughs> session. I'm going to get you in Zoom. Why if you don't you shut up? You, it's like now you're you're missing that connectivity. You mm-hmm. dig? But it's, it's, hang, it's
2: handled different though from when we was kids. You know what I'm saying? Before it used to be an investigation of who started it. You know yeah. what I mean? And then the person that didn't start it normally wouldn't get in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now, you know, almost everybody going to jail. You know everybody. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it gets it gets real serious. Even if you're defending yourself, like you you can get expelled from school. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you, I? I don't even understand what a child should do when they get punched upside the head. You know what I mean? Like, what what should the response be? To lay like a in the fetal position and wait for saving?
1: I don't know. You see? It, it, and you know what? And, and that that kind of brings me to uh, Foots' uh, question. And shout out to Foots and everybody that's on the den. I see the Linus layer there. He says, what advice can you offer with the children that are currently dealing with uh, self-esteem issues? Like, what, what would you say to that?
4: So this is a tough one. And I can tell you, again, along with the bullying, most of the people I talk to have self-esteem issues. Um you know, what's causing it. That's always my number one. Have you always felt that way? Is there somebody in your life that's constantly putting you down? Are you constantly comparing yourself to others? Which brings us right back to the social media deal. Um, You know, we're looking at everybody else's highlights of their life, you know, and think that everything is so great. And I, I, I hear it. Every day. Well, they were able to go this place this summer and they got a car and they got this, you know, and it's a constant comparison of Mm -hmm. their life and what they're living to what somebody highlights on social media.
2: Mm. I want to get the Miss Bucks comment real quick. Can you put put that back up there? sir? So I do I do agree with the trophy part. But I don't, know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the kids being softer than us back in the day, because if you think about it now, kids are catching not only heat from the people that's immediately around them, but social media and the internet gives so many different people access to your kids. You know what I'm saying? So they, you know what I'm saying? If something goes wrong, they're getting bullied everywhere they turn around now. And and you can't really necessarily say, well, just put down the phone, because again, these kids grew up in a different different world than we grew up in. You know what I'm saying? Everything is done through through the internet and social media and, and um, through the computers and phones. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know if they necessarily are soft softer than us.
1: You know what? But hold <laughs> on. I just do
2: think. I, I think they. I think they are way too more exposed. They, they are exposed to way more than us. Yes, you know I believe. That
1: they, I believe that they are. Uh, more expo- you Put it like this: I think that our children now are more intelligent than we were back then. However, they lack coping mechanisms. Like we had to get it in, and then we can be friends later, right? But now, as soon as you unfriend me on Facebook, now I want to kill myself. You get what I'm saying? Like I want, or oh, I want to hurt myself. So I believe without that interaction, that our kids don't have due to this it is preventing that real face-to-face tough love life skills that eventually life is going to have to teach you. You dig? When you're an adult, and then what's going to happen? You're just going to go and cry about it. Hey, Jenna, what you think about that?
4: <laughs> so I, probably any of the kids that I can see will, will tell you that I'm all about tough love. Um, and, and most of them don't have that anywhere. You know, it's either we're full on um yelling and screaming and I you don't even get a chance to talk, or we're just not dealing with each other at all. Um see, and, and that's yeah. the thing, like you still got to deal with life.
1: You know what I'm yeah. saying? So if you can't handle it on the block with somebody that you don't like and to get over it soon as it's not the block no more though. That's the thing. Like what we what we came up with,
2: our kids don't see. You know what I'm saying? Like if if our kids had to go through what we had to go through, they probably would be able to handle it better. You know what I'm saying? Now there's no escape. You know what I'm saying? Before, you know what I'm saying? You handle on a block, you go home, everything shuts off. You know what I'm saying? You get a chance to reset. Now, you know what I'm saying? It's constant. You know what I'm saying? It's constant bullying 24 seven nonstop. You know what I'm saying? Like and everybody has access to it. One mistake can ruin you for your whole school year, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 a different world and and it's harder for us to understand as older people because we didn't live in that world. You know what I'm saying? We didn't live where, you know what I'm saying, you make a mistake on the internet or something like that. Now everybody in the whole school district, not just your school or your class, everybody in the whole county knows that you just got your ass whooped down the street and you went viral all over the United States. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's we don't we don't live in the same world we cast judgment on the kids but we can't we we're we're unable to put ourselves in their shoes to understand the world they have to live in we still think about the world we live in.
1: No, I get you. I get you. And you know what? That's a good transition, too, because, uh, Janet, I want to ask you about your position now, what you ran on, and you can kind of explain to people what, what you ran on <laughs> and what you, uh, you know, have the ability and the honor of serving in to help bridge that gap as far as the community and the village go. Can you speak on that?
4: Sure. So I actually I was appointed as a village trustee or the town council as most people know it as um thank you and then after that appointment was up which this should actually be where the clapping came in but that's okay um <laughs>
2: <laughs> right right
4: um I ran to again be elected to that seat um and I was elected there you go, there <laughs> you go. yes mm-hmm So, and I think, um, you know, we, we were pushed as social in social work um, that feel we, we advocate, you know, we, we try to change the stuff that's not working or that, you know, we see as problematic. That's, that's what we do. Um, And to be in that role and be able to look at different things that can help improve the community can bring more things for the kids um, outside of the, the video games and social media and games, and you know, that can actually kind of mold where they're going in life and what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. That's dope.
2: So, um, speaking in that, wh- where do you see yourself carrying this position?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, hold on. Now, see, now look, you ran on something. You see, now you got it. Yeah.
4: So I'm I mean I I'm all about bringing more stuff in for the kids and you know where I'm fortunate is our mayor is on exactly that same line. You know, everything recreational that there's grants out there for, you know, we're doing them, we're getting more stuff in um for the kids, the teens, um just to give them something else to do. When you're in a small community, right. I don't know if anybody else grew up in a small community. I did on the East coast and the things you usually find yourself getting into are not the best.
1: Right. Um, that, that was a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: was my, you know, um, and if, if they have those other things to do, if they have those other people to connect with, how, how can we change this moving forward? What does that look like? And you know, that's that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's huge. That's real huge. So, I mean, and so ladies and gentlemen, if you just learn, if you're just logging in, y'all, you know, we have a wonderful counselor on, Miss Janet Wiley, Janet Lynn. Right. And so, you know, we're we're here talking about connecting, right? Connecting with our kids after the pandemic because eventually they're gonna have to go back you did so but with that being said how do you keep that connectivity going right. on how do you continue to be involved in your kids life like herm was telling us earlier that he forgot everything about social studies you feel me and so <laughs> it wasn't until the pandemic he had to go back and start reading again yeah <laughs> it I'm saying? Uh... So you know that that's how we go. You know that that's the goal. But hey, Herm, what do you think one of the uh, most toughest times was for you or parents in general? And then I want you to answer the same thing with this COVID thing. The toughest thing that I learned about this COVID thing
2: in online schools was I'm not as smart as I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? My kids I told you that lying, you see, you know, don't get me out of character on here now. <laughs> so so my kids will come up to me, you know. I'm laying out, chilling, relaxing, enjoying my retired life. Dad, I need help with this homework. And you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking it's math, so I'm real shook. I like I can't do this math, and then um, it's like it's social studies.
1: I like, well, you can't read, like, what, what's wrong?
2: Just go read the book. What you need my help for? You know what I'm saying, but then I try to get the reading. I'm like, man, I don't even understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying. I think the biggest struggle for me was my my kids are a lot like me. They procrastinators and wait to the very last minute to do everything. And so all their homework is like everything do it once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But my biggest my biggest uh, issue was staying on top of them in their school because when they was face to face school, I never had to worry about that. They were straight A kids. You know what I'm saying staying on top of them in their school, being more involved, getting used to being more involved in their school work mm-hmm. and then having to help them with their school work. You know what I mean? Put in turn, put myself through school. There you go. You know what I'm saying going through YouTube stuff. I don't want to do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. I think that was my biggest challenge was, was that part. Yeah.
1: Janet, what'd you think?
4: So my kids are older. Mine are 18, 17 and 13. Um, and, I'm going to be honest, like, thankfully, I was not quarantined at home the whole time. Um, oh, I love
1: Basically, you had a break. Is that what?
4: Yes. You, <laughs> you know, I'm I love my alone time. And mm. with five people home all the time, mm. it was important for me. And this is oh. how I in turn helped to my kids, um, you know, making sure we each had that thing that we could go to go do that was, you know, whether it was a solo, whether it was, you know, Jeremy and Jeff going out to the shop and leaving us in here, whatever it was, um, that was the most important thing for me, you know, self-care, taking care of yourself so you can help with whatever you need to help with.
2: Because nice. it's non stop. You know what I'm saying? The kids ain't going no they ain't catching no. no. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? They're not, you know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> hungry. All that stuff. You know what I'm saying? when well, you used to having that time you know what I'm saying? Away from your kid. You love your kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. But you really enjoy that little time away from them <laughs> and go get better themselves. So i can going yeah. better Right. Yes. You know, and, and then look, looking at your kids, like, don't you got somewhere to be? Yeah. You know? so, mm-hmm. Hey, but you know what, though? Listen, y'all, we're getting ready to uh we're going to talk a little bit more about that mental health standpoint. Ladies and gentlemen, if y'all just tuning in, make sure you share this, share this, share this. We're talking about connecting with our children. OK. And we're going to be right back after these messages. Right on. Right on
3: monique slater is a top notching award-winning real estate agent in san antonio texas her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through homeownership while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community her clientele ranges from $100,000 to 2.5 million monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268.
1: One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Dan sent you. go through things, it's important for you to understand that you go through things for you to learn, well, A, for you to experience, for you to learn, and for you to share, right, that experience with other people. there's
5: so much power in sharing your story with someone else. One, to let them know that they're not alone, and two, to show them how you got through it. You know, when we keep our, I I like what Carrie said on Align Lair when she was like, a mentor told her, you can't heal what you hide. And a lot of times that's what happens. We don't talk about it and therefore we're silently suffering when we can be healing.
1: When you are sharing your story to encourage individuals, but you're not necessarily doing it for that reason, you wanna be heard, what you do is you diminish the other individual's story. It's like, yo, this is what I'm going through. I don't know what that feels like, but if I was in your situation, I think I, I will would feel the same I mean, way.
5: You're you're right? bearing your soul, you're connecting with the energy of the other person or with the experience of the other person. Mm-hmm. You are sharing the highs and the lows of that. Cause you'll see people they be like, Dang down, I was down and dumb, but then I was thinking like, fool, what you doing over here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's that element of humor that's often thrown in there mm-hmm. inadvertently and unintentionally, but we do that because that's what storytelling is, right?
1: Welcome, welcome back that was a little clip from the sanity check if y'all ever want to tune in make sure you do on the sanity check every saturday at 9 a.m central standard time right on right on okay go ahead herm
2: hey so janet question for you about going back to connecting with our kids um a lot of times you know what i'm saying parents parents are always trying to do right by their kids you know what i mean but when you get an outside look coming in, sometimes you know you're missing the mark somewhere. Um, from your professional opinion, where what are parents what 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 are some of the things that parents are missing when it comes to connecting with their kids? I mean, I know every situation is going to be different, but in general, what do you think we need to work on? What we need to be looking for when it comes to connecting with our kids?
4: So, first and foremost, who who are your kids? You know. Um, I see so many that the kids come in, they don't want to play that sport, but dad wants me to play that sport or mom wants me to play that sport, you know, and, and what is that doing to them? So really knowing what do they want in life? What is the, you know, when, when they're running around beating on the walls or drawing on the walls or whatever, you know, why We, we, we fail to ask that question so many times. Um, I had family in this weekend for my daughter's graduation and I have a three-year-old nephew and my mom looks at me and she's like, I just realized all day, every day, you know, everybody just says, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. But nobody explains why, Hmm. you know, and it's amazing what kids, you know, two, three years old, when they get that explanation, you know, it's different. And that helps us understand where they're coming from. They know where we're coming from. And I, that is the biggest thing that I see failing, honestly. Wow.
0: wow. Yeah, we,
2: yeah we, we we fall short. I, well, I speak for myself. I do fall short on that explaining
1: piece sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a my, point. Point. Just sit just up and do it because I said so.
2: Right? Bro, my, 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 my 13-year-old daughter is notorious for asking why immediately after I say something. Mm-hmm. All the time, why? Mm -hmm. And that pisses me off. I'm like, Mm -hmm. because I said so, damn it. You know what I mean? But I got to take the time, like you just said, Janet, to explain, because she's just inquisitive. She wants Mm -hmm. to understand why, you know what I'm saying, I'm telling her to do these things. She's a thinker, you know what I mean? I'm not a thinker. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) Not in that aspect, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm more of a, do what I told you to do, you know what I mean? Not (laughs) question everything I say, you know what I mean?
4: No, 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 I get you. And don't don't get me wrong. Like there is a time and place for them to shut their mouths and listen. Yeah, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's that's important for them to understand as well. But you know, when when we're not in that place where you know you're in trouble now, do it. Yeah, um, have that conversation. You know, this is why this got to that level. You know, if if there's an argument or you know a punishment coming down whether it's the next day or an hour later or whenever, you know, is best for you and that child, have that conversation. Right. Let's talk about why this happened. Let's talk about, you know, how can we can keep it from happening in the future. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, 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 need, I need to foot stomp what you said about knowing your kids. There you go. Because a lot of people that I know, you know what I'm saying, really do, you know, me included, you know what I'm saying, really want, like we know what's best for you. You're going to get inside this sport you gonna do this. You better do something. Mm-hmm. And not really talking to them about really what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what do you, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're gonna play softball. Well, I don't want to play softball. Well, you playing softball. Mm-hmm. But I really want I really want to put stop on that point right there because I think it's important for us to realize that our kids are their own individuals, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're not little us's, you know, we don't own them. You know what I mean? They're, they're their own individual.
1: No, and 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 no, and to your point too, is it, it, that makes a lot of sense. And what we do is we want to live our lives through our children. Listen, right. just because you couldn't play football, you can push your, on it, you know, and and because you didn't know how to do a high kick, now you gonna push your daughter to do this <laughs> thing. Look, maybe look, maybe you just don't, you know, she ain't built right for that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we got to get out of that. But. um yeah, no, that was a good point, Herm. So, Janet, I got a question, though, and um, it was my own ignorance. But maybe there is still individuals out here that thinks the same way. So when I was, um, you know, growing up in, in Detroit, we had a school counselor. I said, okay, cool, you know, because of the type of school I was in. And I thought as though all schools had school counselors but then I thought about it a little bit more when I got older were the counselors only there for at risk children because I was definitely at a risk you see mm-hmm. but um so is there a misconception about that that schools
4: only have counselors for at risk children absolutely um most of our referrals from the school come from behavior issues you know so we were getting only behavioral issues. Um, or we were, let me preface that. Um, we have done a lot to be able to reach out to all, all the kids in the school. You know, we initially, we could only see kids that had Medicaid, you know, and that's starting to change. We're able to reach the kids. Maybe, you know, just because they're not living in poverty doesn't mean they don't have mental health issues. Right. Or or it doesn't mean they're not going through stuff. Um, You know, how many of those homes, is there still drug issues or is there still domestic violence? And and we weren't reaching those kids, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because it was it was all the kids who were having behavioral issues. But just because they're not showing behavioral issues in no way means there's not mental health issues. I see.
1: Wow. Herman, what you think about that,
4: bro? I, I mean, you know, for me, for me, it's a little bit more
2: personal now being, you know, my new job working as a correctional officer, right? Cause I see a lot of folks in there that shouldn't even be in there. You know what I mean? They, they really have mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? But since they never was never able to get the help that they need, you know what I'm saying? Now they're in jail. And all it does is manifest the problem that they already have. Because they're not really getting the help they need in there. You know what I mean? They're not getting like the, the true counseling that they need or the true attention that they need. So all it does is they keep going down and down and down. And you know that man, this person's really not in their right mind. So mm-hmm. you know I mean, instead of being locked up, they need help. You know what I mean? So and I, I can only believe that it starts at an early age. You know what I mean. That they never got help to begin with, and now you know, what I'm saying society deems them okay. You're unfit, unfit to be in the public, so now you in jail.
1: And, and and also, Janet, here's a second part of that question: Have you ever dealt with a child that you wish you could have reached? You get what I mean, uh, and then later on, you see, like, damn, you get what I mean because I absolutely. know what her, You know what I mean? Have mm-hmm. been, can you talk about that briefly?
4: Yeah. So, oh, um, that there's always kids that, whether it's, you know, they just don't trust you, they don't trust anybody, um, or whether it's, the influence from peers, the influence from parents. Um, I have kids who's parents have been giving them drugs since they were 11. You know, and how how do i combat that in the short amount of time i have them when they're going home to that environment? And it's it's very very hard not to get angry, you know, at the parents, at the community, all of it. Um when you see 2 years later that person that you know, maybe if we would have made a couple little changes, they'd be productive, but yet they're in prison or working their way into prison. Right. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, who, who cared for them? Who was there for them? Some of them, nobody.
2: And, and a lot of times what will happen is people look write that write that kid off, write them off. You know what I'm saying? And not even trying to like what you just, just described their parents was giving them drugs since they were kids. And don't even consider that part. Be like, oh, this is a menace to society right here. Mm-hmm. Not really putting any thought into, well, how did they get here? You know what I'm saying? Well, how did they get here? Where did we fail Fail this child to begin with? You know what I'm saying? We don't never talk about that part. We just, hey, it's too easy to do this.
4: Yes.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Um, no, no, that that's huge. So, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all just tuning in, we're we're talking about connecting with our kids, and we have a counselor, school counselor, licensed counselor on, giving us some great uh knowledge. You know what? I'm looking at my camera, it looks like I'm smoking. Yeah, right? man, you know I'm about to ask about that. You know, like I'm getting it in, but listen, <laughs> I'm okay. Look, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I can do the walking thing, I'm straight. But um, so look, here's a question though, uh foot's put up. He says, what advice do you have for parents that are trying to get through a divorce and give their children some motivation? I think that is huge, Uh right? Because they see the separation between, Mm -hmm. ah, you know what I mean? And then they have to go to school to focus on whatever the academics, but they are broken inside because the home is broken. What would you say about that?
4: So twofold again. So if you know, if you see them struggling at all, give them somebody to talk to. And as much as we all want to be, you know, the only person that our kids come to, it's not that easy for the kids. And sometimes, you know, they might need to get something off their chest that they feel is going to hurt you and they don't want to do that. Um, So if you see those issues, get somebody to talk to. Second, communication. Communication will take care of all of this. Um, a lot of times in divorce, what I see is things aren't explained to the kids. And, you know, going back to that, it's, it's this hush, hush, we can't talk to them because they're young and, and that's not fair to them. You know, they need to know what's going on appropriate to their age level and, and be able to understand the changes and know that they're still going to be loved and safe. Um, because again, all those changes am I going to have a house? Do I have a room? Is, you know, is mom going to replace me with another kid? Um, Boy. all of those things are issues. And I see so many parents that don't know how to have that conversation, which I understand it's scary. It, you know, it's having the initial sex talk with your kids. It's hard. Boy. Um, it's, it's awkward, but it's something you have to do because they have to know that they are still going to be safe.
2: Yeah, I told my kids to wait to 30.
1: That's what I did.
2: You're
4: not wrong. I
1: mean, <laughs> wait, 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 Now, I think I need to mute, mute both of y'all. Right, <laughs> hell, no, wait to 30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Then, then, then after that, they go go out there looking like boo-boo. But no, but no, seriously, no, that that's huge. Um, I believe that was a that makes a lot of sense because children don't want they, they still want love. Right. They still want love. And even look, this is a basic need. Even even us being adults, we want love. But I think that is huge to have that conversation and be willing to have it at the right time because Mm -hmm. kids don't understand. All they know is that mom is over here, dad is over here and I'm in the middle. And did I do something wrong? Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Exactly. Because now now you can't allow your kid to make up. Well, come to their own narrative or their own conclusion of why this happened. Because it's always gonna be it's always gonna come back to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I remember when my, my parents got divorced, um it wasn't really explained like that, you know what I mean? So it was it was kind of hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then when me and my when me and my kids uh, mother got divorced, you know what I mean? We we did our best with that conversation, but I don't think that we even us did a good job with explaining what was going on. Mm-hmm. And
4: it's hard, you know, that kind of information can be hard to keep on an age appropriate level. Right. You know, if <laughs> I have a four year old at home, how do I explain whatever, you know, adultery? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. How, oh,
4: how do you explain oh, that?
1: Toys, I guess. Like I guess you know, what, what you do is you meet them where they're at. Exactly. exactly. And, and that was another thing I was going to ask you, too. What is it or, or how would you recommend if a child needs more help outside of what you're able to give them? Like, have you ever had to have that conversation with their parents and were they receptive to it?
4: So it it varies. I mean, it's hard to give a straight answer of of receptiveness with parents. Um, you know, there's parents that see us completely as the enemy. Period. Because oh. we may know more about their kid than they do.
2: Are you trying to take away
4: my child? Exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, I have parents that their kids will come and talk to me about suicidal ideation, and then I, you know, I encourage them to talk to their parents about it if they're if they feel safe doing so. But then the parent gets mad because I knew first. What well, damn? You know, no, so it's like,
1: like twenty-two, like.
2: That's yeah, job, right? think about it, man. I mean, they also don't want to think about their kids thinking about that type of stuff, you yeah. know. I and mean? they might think, Man, I don't believe my kid even really had that thought, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to put myself in that position of if my kid did that, mm-hmm. you know, I me mean? said that to somebody outside of me first, like, Man, ain't no way, ain't no way she really said that for real, you know what right. I mean? And so, yeah, I'm gonna be mad at whoever she said that first to, like, Well, what, what are you talking about? There's no way yeah. she said. That.
4: But what does that reaction, you know, show to that kid? Exactly. Right. Well, I agree with you. Absolutely. You know, right. and that's, that's what I see. Like, well, why am I going to tell them? Because they're not going to believe me. They don't think, you know, exactly. and I I've been through it, you know, with my kid. Like it's, it's hard to hear that your child has mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I'm a counselor and I didn't see it right away. You know, we don't see it right away in our own kids. Um, You know, and a counselor is is an advocate and outlet for the child. Yes, but we also become an advocate for that family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we can't help the kid without bringing the family into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not when I start seeing a child, I'm not just there for the child. Like that's my client, and that's you know my main focus. But part of that is bringing the family together and. You know, if if we can't work on that, the kid's going to keep living in this situation.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Hey, look, I want to go into one of these questions while we still have time. So we have a question that says, is there a plan in place for the children who may have been homeless or may be homeless as a result of
4: COVID? And how are they helped? Not nearly enough. Um, Mm. You know, and unfortunately, it, it depends on where you are. You know, there's a lot more resources in bigger cities as far as homelessness goes. Um, down in an area like I live in, there is no shelters, there's there's no nothing. Um, so we, we've come into that situation, you know, and... DCFS is not always looked upon in the most positive way, but in these situations, you know, they're the ones that come in and they will help the entire family. You know, they're not going to, their goal is not to take away kids. Um, And they are our strongest ally when it comes to homelessness or, you know, I have a kid come in that says we have no power or water. Um, they are the ones that will help these families, whether it's getting them into a better place or assisting them, you know, with bills short term. And then what do we do long term?
0: Hmm.
1: See, now I'm glad you said that. And and not just that, you actually you, you played that real smooth. You played that real, real smooth because, you know, the first thing that people think about is, what is it, uh, DFS says, uh, the, basically, they're coming to take your kids away. Yes. They're coming to take your kids and and whatever you-, you know how horrible you are as a parent. Oh, you horrible. You only got <laughs> ham and cheese in the fridge, that's, that's it. it. That's yeah. it. Look, you don't know how to cook right yeah. Listen, i don't care if it's a pandemic
0: outside. house dirty i don't care your house dirty got
1: <laughs> roaches the roaches beating up your kids yeah. there's a whole bunch of mess going on so i'm glad that you i'm glad that you 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 said that okay go ahead man hit it hey so my, my daughter my
2: oldest daughter my uh 14 year old daughter and my nephew they both said expressed that they want to be counselors when they uh when they get older you know that's mm. that's the desire uh, so, you know, initially I thought, oh, y'all. So y'all just nosy. Man. Y'all just want to know everybody's business. <laughs> but but other than that, other than other than them being nosy, what advice would you give parents uh, <laughs> who have kids that want to go down that road? And how do you nurture that? How do you
4: suggest that we nurture that? So, you know, right. I'm going to sound like a broken record again. Um, the, the conversations, you know, why do they want to do it? Mm -hmm. That is always when I have a kid come to me and say, Hey, I think I'd really like to be a counselor. Why? Second, do they understand what they're going to hear? Okay. Because I don't think um, I didn't know the stuff I was going to hear when I started, you know, and it's hard. So how, how do you, how do you work through that? You know, teaching them to deal with those difficult emotions, teaching them. And it's, absolutely essential as a counselor and you know many other works that you know the employment as well um but you have to not only be able to hear that and help the child process that but how do you deal with it
1: right that's what i was going to jump into and ask has there ever been a time when you needed the damn get on somebody couch? You know what I'm saying? Because you're dealing with this stuff. And and mm-hmm. and for those out there that are listening and watching, can you explain to them how it's okay for a counselor to get counseling?
4: So we almost all have our own counselors, uh, not gonna That's
1: lie. Huge. That's huge.
4: I have an amazing supervisor who I can call at seven o'clock at night if I need to process something or work through something. And if you don't have that in your job or your supervisor, find that person that can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the stuff you hear, you know, it's almost like a PTSD thing, the burnout um, you get just drained. Thank you, Fran. Um you know, it, it is like there's times at the end of the day that I, I've said it before. You feel like the life's been sucked out of you. And I can't continue to help anybody if I can't deal with my own stuff. And I think that's what starts with the parents in the home. You know, and those are not only lifelong lessons, but essential as a counselor. All right. Damn. You know,
1: and, and you know what? Let me do this early. I got to give you that. <laughs> because you know what? It takes a strong person, mother, father, um, anyone that is a counselor and that has a family of their own because it's hard to take that shit off. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? Because you're dealing with things day in and day out. And like you said, it is draining. It can become draining and then, you know, you almost put yourself in their situations, obviously, because you use empathy. But then that energy is gone. But you still need to take care of you and your family. So kudos, kudos to your. Thank that. you. Kudos. Go ahead, Herm. What you got for this for your word, bro?
2: Well, it's good to know that most therapists have their own counselor. You know what I'm saying? Because when everybody turns to you, you know what I'm saying with their problems and issues. Yeah, I can only imagine how draining that is. You know what I'm saying? Even the people that are good friends of people. You know what I'm saying? And we get it Mm -hmm. nowhere near on the same basis as somebody that does it for a profession. I can only imagine if that was my job to take that in all the time and show empathy for people and try to uh, work with them through solutions. And sometimes knowing that after I get off the phone with this person, it's not even going to matter because, you know, they're going to go back to the same thing that they were doing. I'm just doing my best, but it's good to know that you guys, are uh, advocates of your own self care and finding ways to handle that. Because... Oh,
1: what's that? Is that you, Her? No, it ain't me. <laughs> that was her. Look at look at her face, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: blame me though. You know what I mean? But anyway, no, somebody getting called. Right. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, bro. Miss Janet, it, you know, thank you for what you do. uh Unsung heroes. You know what I mean. Uh, if we didn't have people like you in this world you know there's no telling where the people that uh that need this help what what, what would happen with them i know sometimes it probably feels like a losing a losing battle because mm-hmm. you can't help everybody you know what i'm saying but i know that the ones that are being helped truly appreciate you guys being there yes, you know? yes. thank you so, so thank you very much for what you do
4: yes thank yes, you
1: yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, and you know what? Shout out to everyone that's watching right now. Even Footsie actually said, and I agree, um, I think that this is definitely a, um, a a possibility for part two, because this is a we, we can go on. Right. We can go on. But it's necessary. Right. Because we need to make sure we're being the best versions of ourselves for our children. Right. In order for them to even know that it's possible to, you know, uh, or is realistic to get the help. Right, and so it, it, I just want to thank you not just for coming on, being a a counselor for these these children, and even being married and dealing with,
4: <laughs>
1: right? Because I know
4: he's crazy. As
1: cat, right? Yeah. Hey. Well, no, yeah. He
4: trained. He trained me well for this job. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But
1: no, no. seriously, though, you this- didn't leave my bill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But no, no, seriously, no, th- this is real. This is real huge. And so we want to thank you for taking the time on your Sunday to come on, on the lion's den. And is there anything that you want to say uh, to your friends and family that's watching right now? I want to give you the floor. What you got for them?
4: Oh, I don't know. I see it's still a couple friends. friends. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Um, thank you guys for having me and you know this topic is near and dear to me, not only as a mother but as a counselor. Um, and I'd be more than happy, you know, to answer any questions you guys have um, moving forward.
1: Yes, yes, thank you. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, this is huge. This is real huge. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I just want to let you guys know if you were able to dig this show, right? If you're digging this, dig what she had to say. And if you want to give any type of feedback, make sure you go on the Lions Pride Network and give us a review, all right? Give us a review so she can see it, we can see it and connect because I think it's important. And then not just that, we can also learn some things, right? We can learn some things about uh, about each other. But without further ado, I want you all to have a great, great weekend. And we will see y'all soon. Right on, right on. Later.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com, a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of Alliance Den with Seth.